This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the final edition of Bo Snirley's Rush Hour for this year. We'll be wrapping it up today with some good music, with some fun chatter among ourselves, and you are invited. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Of course, there's a lot on the table This monstrosity of a spending bill is in better shape this afternoon in terms of passing, which is unfortunate, than it was this time yesterday. Yesterday, there was an amendment placed on the floor, Mike Lee's amendment, which they refused to bring up for a vote because they would fear it would pass, and that was a vote pretty much to make sure to maintain Title 42 and try to stop this invasion of illegal immigrants that have been coming through our southern borders, the heroine, the hero today, is none other than uh, Senator Kirsten Cinema, who worked out a deal with Chuck U. Schumer. And that deal now will supposedly allow votes to be taken in the Senate, If you're traveling, today is one of the busiest travel days, not just of this year, of recent years. Please be patient. I cannot tell you the number of videos I've seen this year from people on airlines that have been putting up with all sorts of nonsense in the air. But we have a winter psalm. Uh, This is another one of those snowmageddons that they're talking about that could hit the lower 48 states over the next few days. This business with this spending package, I'm telling you, we have seen some good come out of it in that Representative Chip Roy has organized 31 Republicans to put the Senate on record to tell them, if you pass this, If you go ahead and vote for this thing, anything that you bring up legislatively, the 31 of us are going to, no matter how small, no matter how big, we're going to stop it in the House. We're going to give it a hard time in the House. But you should see the reaction. There's a senator from North Dakota who basically is calling that chest-thumping and immature. Very dismissive. Dismissive of the role of Congress people, congressmen and women, who are constitutionally charged with the appropriations that the United States of America undertakes each year. 
totally dismissive. D. Roy Murdoch has a column. He's not holding back any punches. He says McConnell speeds Democrat omnibus boondoggle betrays GOP. He starts out as if it were not painful enough for Republicans to watch the vaunted red wave merely ripple across their ankles. They now must endure 2022's final insult, a red wave of deficit spending courtesy of lame duck House Democrats, triumphant Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer, and his hillbilly rent boy, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell, Kentucky. Fiscal responsibility be damned. Democrats are riding one whale of an omnibus spending bill, the $1.7 trillion Consolidated Appropriations Act 2023 washed in on Monday at 11.48 p.m. It's 40, it's 4,155 pages of thrice as long as Leo Tolstoy's classic doorstop, War and Peace. This averages, he says, 409 million 145, no, $409 billion, $409 plus per page. Three thousand two hundred Democrat earmarks in this thing, including federal funds for LGBTQ museums in New York, community spaces for gender expansive people in Ohio. The Club for Growth discovered and three point five million to fund the Office of Diversity and Inclusion in Congress. Another $3 million for bee-friendly highways, as in Bumblebee, bee-friendly highways. $3.6 million for the Michelle Obama Trail in Georgia. We told you about that the day this thing hit the floor. $212 million for federal prosecutions related to January 6th. They're going to spend another quarter of a billion dollars trying to go after Donald Trump. There is money for enhanced border security, you will be happy to know. Scott, I didn't I bet you didn't know that, that we are actually spending another four hundred and ten million dollars for enhanced border security. I've just been watching the equity incubator with um great intensity. I want to make sure we get that in there. Because it can ch- change anything into equity from what I understand. You just put it in there. Yep. It comes out equity. And well, are they going to fund my hillbilly what was it, Hillbilly Rent Boy? I don't know. <laughs> but the $410 million for enhanced border security, that border security is for Egypt, Jordan, oh, I did hear that. Lebanon, I did. Oman, and Tunisia. So the United States government is about to invest $410 million under the Democrats enhancing the borders of Egypt, Jordan, 
Lebanon, Oman, Tunisia. And what would a big spending spree be without money for abortions? $575 million, almost half a billion dollars for so-called family planning. That means abortion in Democrat speak. In areas where population growth threatens biodiversity or endangered species. So they're going to spend half a billion dollars to get rid of the humans in appropriate areas where humans are a problem. They did put up over a billion dollars for water management requirements that shall not be used to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technologies and capabilities. So that means they will put zero dollars towards stopping illegal alien invaders, but they're going to put $1.56 billion to process illegal immigrants who invade the country. So, Derek writes, if you want more border security, your best bet is to move to Egypt because that's where we'll be spending the border dollars. McConnell is helping Democrats castrate House Republicans for 10 months. He has been. January 3rd, they take over the House. And nobody's even going to wait till then. They're going to push this through. Mitch McConnell, moderate, so-called moderate Republicans, and Democrats. Andy Biggs is due to give us a call today. We will catch up with Andy Biggs, as you know. Andy Biggs is leading five other members that say, as a block, they will not vote for Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker. We'll catch up on that today with Andy Biggs himself. Katie Hobbs' election trial should be over the two-day trial, if not now, shortly. I watched a lot of the footage from it, and it is stunning. Yet, of course, I turned to a news story today from Fox, of all places, that kind of poo-pooed it all. But you had people that verified that there was shoddy, very shoddy conditions. We all knew that with the machines, the tabulators, that a 19-inch worth of images, 19 inches worth of images were printed on 20-inch paper, which meant that those ballots would be, by design, invalidated. That was among other things. It was a forceful presentation as far as I'm concerned. Now with the second day, Underway, we should find out within a matter of weeks whether there will be any recourse for the people of Arizona. 
We did not yesterday discuss in detail Donald Trump, this idea that his tax returns have been released. Let me say one thing and one thing very, very clearly. I don't give a hoot what is in Donald Trump's tax returns. I don't care if he didn't pay taxes. If he did, I don't care. There is nothing in his tax returns that have been released that would make me say, oh, okay, Donald Trump, no more. What I will say is that it is time for serious Republicans to start investigating every single Democrat. We need to see Paul Pelosi's tax returns now. Anybody that's in the center, we need to go through and get the tax returns and release them of everybody involved in the Clinton Foundation, which was alleged to be laundering money at all kinds of rates. We need to get, look, this sounds terrible, but if we do not answer this one, what good is having an opposition party? 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. I want to check in with Rhonda, see how her Christmas is going. We'll maybe do that in a little bit. But we're going to come back right after this. We've got your calls coming up. We've got Andy Biggs coming up today. We've got some lovely Christmas music. I know Jen must have come up with a Hanukkah song for us. Maybe. So we'll see. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. WABC Talk Radio 77, back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Pose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Christmas time is here. Those of you that are into the jazzy might recognize Michael Franks as the vocalist here. But this is actually David Benoit featuring, I guess, Michael. Snowflakes in the air. There's supposed to be a lot of snowflakes in the air for many of you, so just I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> is Rhonda is Rhonda with us? Yeah, hey Rhonda. America's small caffeinated mom who writes a brilliant blog, RhondaShrock.com. Rhonda, how are you doing this holiday season? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, Thank God our travel day was yesterday. Uh, We had people flying in, sons flying in from two different states uh, yesterday, so they got in ahead of the blizzard. I'm really grateful for that, but I'm telling you, James, now that all four of them are back under my roof. I just love this. (laughs) It's like the uh, original Egyptian locusts of biblical (laughs) fame have landed. Oh, my goodness. You should see my grocery bill with four pretty much grown sons and one husband. Oh, I I think it's about the GDP of Uzbekistan is what I just dropped. (laughs) (laughs) you have been sending me such delightful pictures from america's heartland uh, from your town to your shovels by your door ready for the snow to the boys just looking like they are loving every single minute of it 
It is holiday. Yeah. It is festive. You, so look, you look like you guys are having a great time. Well, I don't take one moment of that for granted. Um, at, you know, as we spoke around Thanksgiving time, we almost lost our oldest son um, in the world of drug addiction. And actually, as we were driving home from another big money drop at the grocery store, he happened to start talking about how many times he should have been, um, well, he, he should have died. And as he described some of the different instances to me, I said, you know, the only way to explain this is that you have had angels riding with you. Wow. And so it makes every moment here so special. We went through a lot of hard times. Uh, My husband and I did. And then, you know, with our son's journey, it was a lot of different things. It wasn't just that, but after all these years, here's the thing about getting older. You can look back and see the reward for um, sticking with it, for not giving up, for not losing hope. I can look back now uh, from the benefit of time and distance, and I can see that through the darkest seasons that our family has had and that I've had personally, I never did lose hope. And if there's one thing I would want the American people to know, and James, I love this country. I love my people, uh, all sides of the aisle, all colors. My heart is just full of love for the American people. What I would want our listeners, your listeners to know is that they are not alone. Yes. They are not alone. There will never be a dark night where there's not a light. There will never be a situation that can come where there isn't peace that's available. I know because I have lived this. Mm. You know, I've been thinking about Rush. This is the second Christmas now without Rush. And it's also our second Christmas without a very close friend. Um, We had a friend named Raymond who was a Boston firefighter. And he got a stage four lung cancer diagnosis about exactly two months before Rush got his. And so as Rush went through his journey, I would often think about Raymond. And, you know, over the years, Boston firefighter, tough, hard drinking, uh, angry man, but belly laughs. I mean, he had a marshmallow heart in his chest, but he was very angry with God. Over the years, um, we would talk, I would talk to Raymond about faith and about God, and he began to soften up gradually because uh, when his uh, youngest son was 16, he was killed in a terrible car accident. Oh. And Raymond blamed God for that. Um, and then he got, we had many conversations, and I could see him start to soften, like hope began to appear. And then he got that diagnosis, and three weeks before he died, I got to talk to him on the phone and just hear that wonderful, thick Boston brogue in my ear just always made me so happy. And I said, Raymond, the big important thing is whether or not you have put your faith in God, which, you know, Rush did. He talked about this before he died. And if you've done that, Raymond, and you die before I do, you're going to beat me to heaven. And he said to me that day, I'll be waiting for you. So toward the end of his life, he found that hope that I carry in my heart and that light and that peace and that love. And I know that Raymond is waiting for me, just like Rush and so many of our other loved ones are waiting. And all of that is because, James, of the child who came at Christmas. So there's a lot of hard things 
people close to me are going through so many hard things, but it's never without a light. And that is what I want my people to know, that there's hope and love and life and light available. I mean, the the news that you recount of necessity, we need you to do this. It's pretty grim and dark many days. But still, there's light available and happiness. That's Rhonda, this is one of the things I say. I continue to be optimistic. And one of the reasons I'm optimistic is, is when you look through the course of history, America is still a very young nation, a very young nation. And yeah. um, the American people, believe it or not, I believe it, and I, I sincerely believe it, are by and large a good people, a mm-hmm. great people, in fact. And America is still the light of the world. We have to fight to keep it that way, and we are fighting forces of evil evil that seem to be reminiscent of earlier times in humanity when that light looked like it was almost on the verge of being extinguished. Yes. But America is still a great nation. And I believe America is still a nation of providence, divine providence, mm. and that we will yes. as a people, I don't want to preach, but we will as a people be able to overcome the adversities that we face. And I honestly believe that. I love that. You can preach that anytime, James. <laughs> That's a message <laughs> we need to hang on to, and we need to put our feet on that rock. Oh, Thank that's you. good I, stuff. I agree. Thank you, Rhonda. Rhonda, Merry Christmas from all of us, and, and we will speak Christmas with you, you in the new year. Love you, darling. Okay. And you we'll see you on the other give side. My best I love to, you too. Give my best to you and the boys. We'll catch up with you soon. I'll do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. I had a question that came in. How can you criticize people that can't pay their taxes, that barely have any money, especially compared to Trump? But you don't care if Trump doesn't pay his share? I'm confused. I'm going to straighten that out before we get out of here. Because my issue has never been with people who legally pay as much or as little as the law required. It is not our job to willingly turn over our money to the government. We are not supposed to cheat. We are not supposed to be unethical. We are supposed to follow the law. And if that's what Donald Trump did, and that's always been my caveat, I guess I'm explaining it now. If that's what Donald Trump did, as long as he did not do anything illegal, I have no problem with it. Nor do I have any problem with anybody else who legally pays as little or as much as they are required to pay. I have a problem when a political witch hunt takes what is supposed to be a private document. Our taxes are guaranteed private. This is, we have privacy. And that privacy was pierced for political purposes. And that's what I have an issue with. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, we are coming back. We expect to have Andy Biggs with us shortly, so stay right where you are. WABC. Beauty. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the hallmarks of courage is when you stand up against mountains of criticism. Are you listening? James Taylor brings us back on WABC. 
beautiful sight We're happy tonight Walking in a winter wonderland Chris Buddy, Representative Andy Biggs is with us. Thank you so much for making time for us. Representative Biggs, how are you this afternoon? I'm great. It's great to be with you. Hope you're doing well also. Doing well, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday Season to you. Thank you. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. You are in the midst of standing firm, you and four other members. Um, I hope it's more than four, frankly, but at least four have gone public and say, and and said, oh, we're going to stand firm. We do not believe that Kevin McCarthy is the right choice to become the next Speaker of the House. Everyone predicted you would cave. In fact, to me, it was sort of almost, I, I don't know how to characterize it, except a little bit arrogant. Um, even Mr. McCarthy said, oh, they're going to fold. Everyone's expecting you guys to be bought off. Everyone's expecting you to fold like cheap cards, and you're going to give in. From There are people that I respect that have taken to denigrating what you're doing as if you don't have a right to stand up for what you and other members believe. What is the status of the five? Is it more than five, but only five publicly saying what you're saying? Where are things right now? Well, great question. So the five, we're holding strong. I just talked to everybody just moments ago before I got on with you. We're, we're still strong. We're still where we, where we were. There's a, uh, another group, uh, they, a letter went out of about seven, I think it was, saying that, that certain things have to be agreed to, and there's not been an agreement um, with any specificity by Mr. McCarthy. So that would be up to 12. I still think that there's probably another 10 or more um, besides. We'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, you know, the Board of Truth, when you go to vote, I call it the Board of Truth because – you can't hide. You stand there and you actually say how you're voting, and, and the whole world sees how you do it. But we're standing strong. Uh, I don't think he is the right man for the job. Um, I think this even this omnibus bill th- stuff is is kind of indicative that we we need to have a change. We don't need to just have a change in the house. Many people feel this party needs an overhaul. Yes. And it is, there is such a disconnect between what comes out of Washington and where the Republican base is. There's a disconnect on spending. When we, the average person, looks at the money that's being spent and the purposes that is being spent, they are sickened by it. And they wonder how Republicans can sign on to this. And it seems that Republicans always sign on to things they are not crazy about, but the Democrats never do. The Democrats get what they want, and Republican, under Republican leadership, gets what Democrats want. And people don't understand that. Um, They don't understand how there can be such unaccountability when you have the FBI not only spying on a a sitting president, but also now in bed with social media companies and really in bed and paying them. They don't understand when they have mandates during lockdowns that make no sense, and the Republican Party is silent about it while the people are fuming. They, and we could just go on and list grievance after grievance for hours, and then to be told that you have no right, that we're going to be your leaders, and we expect everybody else to cave seems to me the, the height of arrogance. 
that you shouldn't even raise an objection. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have found people – I've got to tell you, you'll, you'll be surprised by this. Maybe you won't be surprised by it. But I actually heard somebody say two weeks ago when we were doing a rules uh, package, we were trying to discuss what should be the rules of the House. And um, a longtime member stood up, and I won't—I don't want to embarrass uh, the guilty here, but he stood up and he said, look, I've been here for 20-some-odd years, and this place works well. It doesn't need a change. It works. And I'm like, what planet are you living on? We're, we're going to pass. We're going to be dealing with an omnibus bill. We're dealing with a, a short-term spending bill, so you can even get to the omnibus bill. Um, that's going to further our structural deficit, further our national debt. Also, that makes that that's a security threat in and of itself. It, it causes inflationary pressure that people get because it devalues our currency. And it's done because the process is so bad that for 25 years we haven't even done a true budget process for 25 years. And the guy, uh, you know, Mr. McCarthy, he's been in leadership for 12 years, 12 years. So 12 of those 25 years, he's been there. And uh, in 2017, he goes over and cuts budget deals with the Democrats and raises the debt ceiling with the Democrats. Guess what? Guess what? President Trump said, I'll never sign one of these bills again. And he did later on because the same guys were, were leading us. You got to change the leadership here, change it in the Senate, and change it in the Republican Party because they, there's no more insulated group of people besides the Democrats in Congress. They're totally insulated, and, and their voters don't even care. Our voters care, and we better respond. And I'm just not seeing the response that we need if we're going to change the trajectory and path of this country. We're on a suboptimum path, we're on a path to uh, self self-ruin here. And if we don't change back and get or at least get off this path to a more optimal path, um, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. We were told yesterday, and I, I don't want to enter a debate about whether people think that Ukraine is worth the money that they're asking for, but we were told by Mitch McConnell that that is the priority of America, securing victory for Ukraine. And... Yeah, that's nuts. That's just nuts. That uh, to go tell that to to people in my district who are having to make a decision. How we, how are we going to pay for gas? How you know? Uh, how are we going to pay for for food? Um, how crazy and out of touch is that? How hey, go go tell my community? Go tell Yuma, Arizona, where their hospital in six months had more than twenty million dollars of un compensated care they provided to illegal aliens in the ER or the three or four women a day who show up in their maternity ward. Go tell that to the, the American people that, hey, you know what, we're more interested, our number one priority is not your security, not your safety, not your, your, your freedom, not your prosperity. It is, it is whether uh, defeating Russia, that's it, through the Ukraine. And we're fighting a proxy war because of that. That's what's happening here. And that comment actually leads to uh, a, a, a very dangerous trigger to a broader general war. Uh, because now, why, why wouldn't Russia think, well, yeah, they are fighting a proxy war with us. This is, this is their number one objective is to defeat us. And what does that mean? That means that they're going to respond with more, uh, vig more virulence than they have been. We have also, as you mentioned the border, this 
deal with the omnibus is now predicated on Kirsten Sinema working away around Title 42. They didn't want uh, Senator Mike Lee's amendment to come up because they fear that that would have been, quote, unquote, the poison pill in the House for House members. When the smoke clears on all of this, this omnibus bill, it looks like, unless somehow Republican senators uh, grow a pair, it looks like it will pass. It looks like the Republicans, of course, are going to take over the House. And it looks like this is headed to a showdown in terms of the leadership. What assurances can you offer the American people that the five people, you guys have been courageous. If you, if, if this is the moment to walk back any of it, this is the moment. Are you going to walk this back or are you committed to following this through all the way, Representative Biggs? I'm, I'm following this through all the way. A change has to be made. It is, in my opinion, it may not be me. I may not get the votes, but a change has to be made to someone who is America first, someone who gets it, someone who who has strategy, who who is committed to the principles, who understands where we are and has not led us astray in the past. That's what has to happen. Uh, I'm there. I, my other, I just like I say, I just had talked to these other guys. They're there with me. Um, we talked to some others today. They're there. I th- I think as this thing goes on on January 3rd, you're going to find that the that the support for Mr. McCarthy is is very thin. We will see what happens. We're only time is 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 moving in. We'd like to speak with you again. I know you're going to be busy around then, but it's close to January 3rd as we can get. We'd love to hear from you again. And I just want to say I cannot imagine the pressure that you must be under and the other members who have put their names. I know what happens when you stand up and raise your hand and say, I'm not going to go for this. The pressure is enormous, and they are marshalling everything they can. I've never seen so many flattering articles about the current Republican leadership in mainstream press. They seem to want him too, which which should be a red flag to the base of this party. But the pressure must be enormous. So there are tons of people, and I'd just like to speak on behalf of them, to say thank you for standing up and standing firm on your principles. We, the American people, many of us have been waiting for a display of real leadership. And you, sir, and the other members are that are with you are finally giving us what we have been asking for, not just for years, but for decades, some leadership here. And thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to hear that. And, and we're not going to... We're not going to give up. We're going to keep fighting. I mean, that's the goal, to fight, to win. And um, uh, there's, there'll be, the compromise is, is, to, is victory, and it has to be because we're in, an, we're in an existential crisis. We must win. It's time to win, and uh, we're in it. And I really appreciate your support and your kind words. Very, very meaningful to me. Thank you, Representative Biggs. We appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll catch you after the new year. Thank you, sir. You bet. Merry Christmas. Take care. James Golden, A.K. Snurley, we're coming back on WABC Talk Radio 77. We're going to have some time for some of your calls and a little bit more news as we wrap up our holiday season here on the Bo Snurley Rush Hour. In the lane, 
no is glistening Universal cycle happy to This is the Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network Kurt Franklin and the family bring us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. It is Christmas time, the Christmas season. Hoping you and your family are enjoying the very, very best of this holiday season. Let's quickly go to the telephones, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Teresa, chill out. My friend, my beautiful friend, she's a wonderful woman. I love her dearly. Teresa has been texting me all show about this Trump thing. And let me he hasn't paid his share. He one time paid. He was only 750 bucks. His return was not correct by any means. He knew it, and so did his tax preparer. I'm sorry for bringing it up. I knew, I knew you would immediately take his side. Now, I'm standing on the side of law. As I said to everybody, if Donald Trump did something illegal in his taxes, he's not above the law. What I'm concerned about is the way that the tax, the IRS, has been weaponized against an American citizen. And my caveat has always been, as long as what he has done is within the law, not a problem. And that goes, there is one tax code. There's not a separate tax code for rich people. There's not a separate tax code for poor people. There is one tax code. And all of us have access to that tax code. Now, if he found a way that he is not paying taxes... This is one of the cases that came up before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled early on in American history that we do not have an obligation to pay the government more than we legally are required to. There's no obligation. We don't have to make it look fair to anybody. We can use the law to our advantage, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if he did something illegal... You're not going to find me saying, oh, I support that. I don't. I do, however, resent the fact that this whole Trump hate thing means now that the government can be weaponized to violate American taxpayer privacy. Under our law, every American citizen has the right to keep his or her taxes withheld from public knowledge. That's all. That's my point. Christine, Middletown, Connecticut, thank you for calling. I'm going to rush through calls because we have to go soon. But I want to get high. I've had enough of the uh, Dems with all this LGBT spending. They're just promoting groomer. After all, Biden is the groomer in chief. So that's probably what should be going on to that. But enough of enough of this. Thank you. Christine, I hope you have a great holiday season. You know we love you. Thank you so much, Christine. Denny. In Pennsylvania, quickly, what's on your mind, Denny? Mr. Golden, can you tell me why the, the, the uh, FBI sides with the Democrats? Why aren't they neutral or even 
siding with Republicans. What's their motivation with the Democrats? They are corrupt. They are weaponized like many other agencies of government have become. The IRS under Obama was weaponized. Lois Lerner and that administration absolutely used the power of the IRS to try to squash conservative political groups. We know this is factual information. The FBI has been doing the Democrats' bidding for decades. They are corrupt. They are politically corrupt. That's their motivation. Just like everything else in American society today, it is political corruption. That's their motivation. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. We got to run. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say thank you. So much to say thankful for. As you heard Rhonda and uh, alluding to Princess Di were here, she would do that too. We'll, Princess Di will be back with us after the new year. Hopefully we'll have Mark Stein back after the new year too. You may not have heard Mark Stein suffered two heart attacks while he was over in Europe. He's still in France recovering, and thank God he is still with us. I don't know. I would have, I would have lost my mind if we had lost Mark unexpectedly. He's such a dear friend. And every year, going back now, almost from the very first time I heard this song, I fell, I fell in love with it. This is Mannheim Steamrollers, Silent Nights, Don't Knock. Traditionally on the EIB network, which was the network that Rush Limbaugh started, we would play this song at the end of the year, the very last broadcast day, the very last broadcast song. I decided this year I wanted to do that to keep that part of his legacy alive with me and with those of you who listened to the Rush Limbaugh show for some Whatever length of time you did, for me, I was there almost 30 years. Rush used to talk about how grateful he was for his audience. He used to say that no, how, no matter how much no matter how much people would tell him how much the show meant to them that they had no idea what they meant the audience to to rush and i tell you that was so true because he lived to me for that show the last christmas that we all shared with him we had to do it behind a glass mostly Because COVID was on and, you know, he could not afford suffering from cancer to get sick with COVID, obviously. But after this song played two years ago, and we had wrapped up the show for the day, Rush asked, Brian Johnson, Dawn 
Baczynski and me to come into the studio. We were the three that were with him most days of when that show was on the air. And we all took off our mask and we all gave each other hugs. He knew that that was going to be his last Christmas with us. I was hoping against hope that it wasn't. So I want to play this song every Christmas that I'm on the air, no matter where I am. To me, it's a song of hope. It is a song of beauty. It is a song of thanks. It is a song of love. And that love is beyond the love that we mortals have for each other. That love is the love of the eternal. And I would like to thank all of you who have been part of this program. All of you who work with me here. All of you who listen and take the time to listen, to comment. To raise objections, to share agreement. Love for America. Love for your family. Love for God, the God that gave us all life, and my love for you. I'll be back in January. God bless you. Thank you. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.